0: What's up everybody welcome back to remember the game it is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day my name is Adam Blank thank you so much for listening to the show and for making us the number one video game podcast in Canada baby and this week it is episode 198 and we're doing something that might be considered uh, just a little controversial around these parts we're going to the 3ds and I know that that console is not as retro as a lot of the systems we cover here on the show. But it's going to be 10 years old next year. It's discontinued. And you know what? If you're a 20-year-old listening to this podcast, you were in elementary school when the 3DS came out. So I was like, yeah, you know what? It's fair game. It's retro. Plus, you know, it's my fucking show. I get to I get to make the rules. So, tough cheese. Uh, we're talking The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds this time around. It is the direct sequel to the iconic masterpiece. That is the SNES game, The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. And I'm just going to call my shot right now. This is probably my favorite 3DS game. And it's a top 5 Zelda game for me without even thinking about it. It might even be top 3 without putting a lot of thought into that. I fucking love this game. I haven't played it in a very long time. But you know what? This week's podcast made me want to change that. I get so many messages from people that listen to this show and say, Principal Major... What can we do to not waste our summer vacation? No, shout out to anyone who gets that fucking reference, though. Um, but I do get a lot of messages from people saying that our podcast makes them want to play the game that we talked about. It got them all fired up again. And that's what recording this week's episode did to me. I'm definitely going to rebuy it from my 3DS and download it. I'll find time to play it at some point. I don't know when. Uh, it's just so fucking good. And my guest this week is the man himself, former... Remember the game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh? And just quickly, I know there's a petition floating around online asking to put him back in the Hall. It's not fucking happening. I don't give a shit if the entire planet signs that fucking thing. Shigeru Miyamoto himself could sign that petition. Mark McHugh is not getting back into our goddamn Hall of Fame. But... We had a great time talking about a great game, and uh, honestly, I, I truly think this is one of our better episodes. I, I had a lot of fun recording it, I hoping it come. I hope it comes through uh, when you listen to our chat in a few minutes. Um, we're not going to cover a ton of 3DS games here on Remember the Game. I haven't played a ton of them, to be honest, but once in a while, it's fun to change things up. You know, it's fun to order the chicken instead of the steak, it's... Well, oh, that's not true. The steak steak always trumps chicken. Some Okay, sometimes it's better. It's fun to order the fish instead of the chicken. Let's go that. There it is. That'll work. Uh, it was fun doing something different. Also, just happens to work out that Mark McHugh's very first stand-up comedy album drops today, the day this episode goes live, Wednesday, May 18th. 18th, easy for me to say. It's called Son of a Drama Teacher, and you can find it over on Bandcamp if you want to show Mark some love. You can find all the details in the description of this podcast. Mark's going to plug it. Uh, during our game chat as well, and a rare act of blatant self promotion here on Remember the Game. And we're going to get to all that in just a minute because, speaking of rare acts of blatant self promotion, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro if you're new to the podcast welcome aboard consider this your warning our intros are kind of long but they're fun you know what it is i'm a comedian mark's a comedian if you've ever gotten to a comedy show or comedy club you know they play like some upbeat happy music to kind of get you in a good mood you're getting your drink on you're buzzing you're feeling good and you don't the comedy hasn't started yet and you don't realize how much everything after the music is going to suck that's our intro our intro is the music so uh, i really recommend giving it a chance and listen to us talk video games it's a good time but if you just want to skip to the link to the uh, link between worlds talk go about 30 minutes up the road and you'll be there okay uh, I gotta get my plugs in really quickly we have merchandise, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs posters all rocking sweet sweet art that was designed by my man Joe over at 4545creative.com and you can find all our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested it's a great way to support the little guy and support the show and if you're like ah don't do close not for me you can always just support us on Patreon it's about the best deal in the history of the universe for just two bucks a month you're gonna get two additional podcasts every week not two additional podcasts a month two additional shows every week every Friday you're going to get exclusive access to game patch my gaming news show where I look at all the big news in modern video games and add in my opinions and profanity and stuff like that and every Thursday you're going to get access to expansion pass which is a different show every week we do game rankings character looks backs console look backs we do comedy episodes there's game reviews this past week on expansion pass I got got a little kinky Uh, and we played franchise swap if you could take any playstation xbox or nintendo exclusive ip and give it to one of the other two companies what would you take and who would you give it to and i gotta be honest it was one of my favorite episodes to date it was so much fun to write Uh, and as is becoming tradition here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of expansion pass exclusive swap one of the reasons i didn't move ratchet and clank over to nintendo by personally speaking is because ratchet and clank is still alive and well like we just got Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which by the way made a great use of the SSD in the PlayStation 5, and I, the Nintendo Switch couldn't do that. So I'm like, Ratchet and Clank looks fine on the PS5; it seems to fit in there. I'm gonna leave it there where it is. Jack and Daxter is dead in the water, and it's really sad because I love the first Jack and Daxter so much. I like Jack 2 and 3. I want more from that series, and nothing has happened with it since Jack 3 on the PS2, with the exception of. I think there was a Daxter game on the PSP or the PS Vito, one or the other. And then there was Jack X, which was a racing game that I never played. But I just wanted more Jack and Daxter. I just wanted more of the original game. And it's just been dead forever. And the main reason it's been dead is because Naughty Dog made it. Naughty Dog's got bigger fish to fry now with Uncharted and Last of Us, which I get. But then give it to somebody else and give us a new goddamn Jack and Daxter game. So I would give Jack and Daxter to Nintendo. So that's now available on our archives and this week for expansion pass number 111 uh, I'm going to break out one of my patented ranking episodes, it's been a while since we did a ranking episode and I'm going to rank every Simpsons video game that I've played, I haven't played all of them but I have played most of them Many of them not very good, uh, but I'm going to rank them all from worst to best, and that'll be available tomorrow for all of our patrons. So again, two bucks gets you two additional shows every week, plus instant access to over 200 archived episodes. Plus you can join our discord, which is at almost 600 members. Now you can vote in our Patreon pool at the beginning of every month. You can submit comments to be read on all of our shows and you're going to get a shout out during the intro and get to hear me mispronounce your name. Like I'm about to do to most of these people, a huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons. Tug Jones, Stubby 1234, Kev Masters, Adam Fletcher, Full Nelson, Christopher Drake, Slump Buster, The Frogman, Pie Guy 300, Jeff C, Jeremiah, Neil Crabtree, Colin Bol- Bolin- Bollinger, sorry Colin, Scott Crevit. Now we're now shit's going off the rails. Justified 01, Lucas Charleston, Charles G, Joey Mercury, Ted Viper, Jumpin' Johnny Gaming, Kevin Poole. Char Aznable, Lara Croft's boobies, <laughs> plain yogurt, and Joseph Halberg. Thank you all so much for the support, and welcome to Remember the Game Industries Patreon.com/slash Remember the Game if you're interested in showing us some love. And for to wrap up the sales pitch, five percent of our Patreon every month is going to get donated to the our Remember the Children 24-hour charity stream at the end of the year. That money's going to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. We're at just under a thousand dollars raised, and we still have a lot of the year to go. So thank you so much. And if you want to check me out on Twitch, you can go to twitch.tv slash member the game. Not remember, member the game. I try to get on there whenever I can a couple of times a week. Usually Tuesday nights are the safe bet. And sometimes I build Lego. Sometimes I play video games and I just chat with the community and you can look at my nose and it's lots of fun. Twitch.tv slash member the game. And that's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons Usually gaming-related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge.
1: He blows all right. He blows big time.
0: That's it, honey! Get into the spirit! <clears throat> let's blow our first blower this week is neil crabtree who wrote in and said hey adam first time poster such uh, so many of you are putting that in your posts now that i can't tell who's actually first time and who's just using it to try to get red i'm such a sucker for that god it's like the puppy dog eyes of posting a comment on our patreon anyway neil crabtree wrote in and said hey adam first time poster i recently finally bought a nintendo switch for some metroidvania type games so far i've played through bloodstained and i've downloaded hollow Knight. do you have any more suggestions goddamn right i do neil first of all great call on hollow knight because that game is just mwah, uh, my game of the year from a few years ago a couple of my other suggestions the guacamelee games both one and two are excellent metroidvania games as are the ori games now i will say if you have an xbox they're available on game pass but if you're only playing on the switch check out the ori games they're both stunning awesome metroidvanias uh, axiom verge is a pretty good metroidvania very retro looking metroidvania game and uh Maybe it's kind of a cop-out answer, but Metroid Dread is fucking awesome. That was our game of the year last year. It's it's just, if you're looking for the cheaper indie games, and yeah, the Guacamelees, the Ori's, I think you could probably get both Guacamelees, both Ori's, and Axiom Verge for less than the cost of Metroid Dread. Uh, plus th- those, plus Hollow Knight, and you're good for some time. Uh, enjoy your Switch. Let me know what you end up going with. Thanks for writing in, Neil. Joe the Sandman. Wrote in and said, hey, Mr. Blank, have you read the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics of The Last Ronin? I started reading them last week and I've been enjoying them a lot. What opinion do you have of them? Do you have a favorite Ninja Turtles comic you could recommend? So uh, in case you don't know, if you're newer to the show, I don't know much about comics, but I am a Ninja Turtles super fan. Uh, I have led, have led, I have read The Last Ronin. They are fucking excellent. If anyone doesn't know what they are, I won't spend too much time on them, but they're a five issue uh is it called like a mini series spin-off series i'm not sure what the term is uh that just wrapped up this month or last just recently i can't remember if it was this month or last month uh where it said in like the distant future and i won't spoil anything but three of the ninja turtles are dead and the fourth one is out to avenge them and the the avenge them and the comic books kind of flip between the past and showing you how all the turtles died and the future and the current ninja turtle that's still alive uh they're great i really enjoyed them i Yeah, I fucking bought all five issues day one the day they came out. Enjoyed the fuck out of them. Do I have a favorite Ninja Turtles comic I could recommend? The Last Ronin series is really good. And if you've not read them yet, the IDW comics, I'm in the middle of reading them right now. They're excellent. Uh, You can get the hardcover anthologies and each one comes with like 20 comics in it. uh, For I think about 70 bucks Canadian. I've got the first four anthologies. I think there's about a dozen now. So I'm not anywhere close to finish them, but they've been really, really... I truly think that the IDW Ninja Turtle comics are the single best uh, story in the history of the Ninja Turtles. I just think they're fucking outstanding. So those are the only ones I have read, but those are the, I would recommend them 1 million percent if you're a Ninja Turtles fan. They're excellent. Thanks for writing in, Joe the Sandman. Hank Scorpio. Wrote in and said, Mr. Blank, who are some of your favorite single episode Simpsons characters? I can't imagine how I thought of this question, but I figured you might have some fun with it. I love that from Hank Scorpio. Uh, So this might be a bit of a cop out because he actually appeared in two episodes, not one. But my favorite kind of spinoff or uh, spinoff isn't, I guess, yeah, single appearance character uh, is Herb Powell. Uh, voiced by Danny DeVito, Homer's half-brother. He actually technically has been in two episodes, so maybe that, again, maybe I'm cheating by saying that. But Herb is by far my favorite. I fucking love Herb. Both those episodes are just outstanding. Hank Scorpio, of course, is awesome. I will die on the hill that Hank Scorpio should have been the villain in the Simpsons movie, the same voice and everything. It should have been Hank Scorpio. I think it was the same voice. And don't yell at me if you're like, Oh, you don't know the voices. I don't know any voice actors names, but I think it was. But anyway, Hank Scorpio is fucking awesome. And he should have been the villain in the movie. Uh, Larry Burns, Mr. Burns son, which was voiced by Rodney Dangerfield. Rest in peace. Uh, is one of my favorites. And then shout out to all the major league players from Homer at bat, which is my favorite episode of all time. I, yes. Oh, I love all those. Oh my God. Well, that's the greatest episode in the history of television. Is that fucking, oh, the fucking softball episode. Anyway, thanks for writing in Hank Scorpio. Uh, Let's talk some video games again. Freddy Fazqueer wrote in and said, Hey Adam, what horror themed game gave slash gives you the worst jump scares? For me, it was definitely that PT demo. So I've never played the PT demo, Freddy. I've heard nothing but horrifying things about that demo. But I'm not very good with scary stuff in horror games. If you're new to the show, maybe you don't know that. I have played a bunch of them, but I am a chicken shit. So, what horror-themed game gave me the worst jump scares? It would either be, and I'm going to not spoil anything by giving these answers, Resident Evil 7, when you have to deal with all the bugs, and just because I'm I'm afraid of bees, and you're playing Resident Evil 7 with my headphones on, and hearing that, like, zzzz and hearing it in my headphones almost fucking gave me a heart attack. It was terrible. Uh, And then Resident Evil Village, which is not that scary of game, has one particular, I guess, level, segment, whatever you want to call it. And anyone that's played it knows exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not going to go into any more detail about it. But it was the most terrific thing I've ever seen. And the only reason it didn't scare me more was because I was baked out of my mind while I was playing it, so it didn't hit as hard. I'm so glad. If I'd been Stone Cold Sober playing that, I never would have made it through it. Also, Outlast. Outlast was so scary, I couldn't finish it. But I'm not very good with scary stuff. So I'm never going to even look at the PT demo because it'll just scare the shit out of me. Uh, thank you for writing in, Freddie. Hey, Go Waffle wrote in and said, have you ever checked out the gold polish shit pile that was the Codemasters Quattro series? They put out four in one games that tricked parents into getting more for the money. My parents bought me Quattro Adventure instead of Mario 3 because it was four games, not one. That thing is the reason I have trust issues. Four games of nonsense and you could only attack in one of them. Linus Spacehead? More like Linus I just stole your money head. They had a game called Boomerang Kid where you couldn't even use boomerangs. That game was a crime. I do remember that fucking Compilation. Does anyone else remember that? I, I might be wrong. a waffle. But didn't that have like dizzy that shitty egg with like the fucking Robin or the the fucking um, Peter Pan hat? And he like just died every time he fell off anything. And he could roll, and it was like a crappy King's Quest spinoff. I do remember Boomerang Kid. That fucking stands out to me. So I did play it once, and yeah, it was just one of the many. Dude, to get that instead of Mario three, I would have fucking what's it called when. A kid divorces their parents. Fucking what's the word? God damn it. I could hear it in my fucking head. Uh no, it's not Segway. Seg fucking god damn it anyway i'm gonna get like 400 messages from people fucking tell me what the goddamn word is i know what the word is i just don't remember don't smoke pot kids it ruins your memory but anyways yeah if my parents had gotten me quacho adventure instead of mario 3 i would have been like i'm i'm fucking out i'm running away i'm done yeah that i do remember does any shout out to anyone else that remembers that fucking compilation what a crappy bunch of crap that fucking was oh thanks for writing in Hegel waffle Pi guy 300 wrote in and said hey adam new patron here thanks pie guy quick question would you ever consider doing any of the devil may cry games for remember the game i never played them as a kid and after finishing all of them except for two because that one is poopy bad i'm literally kicking myself for not playing them sooner i've absolutely fallen in love with them if you enjoyed the god of war games i definitely think you'd enjoy devil may cry the only devil may cry game i've played is three and i think it was a ps plus game on the ps3 back in the day which is where i played it um, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I didn't love it. I just, it was just very like button mash, hack and slash. I, I kind of found it boring to be honest I'm not sorry. You know, if you like it, pie guy, I like pie. So if you like, you know, you have, you have some taste cause you're a pie guy. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I'll never say never. I'm not going to say a devil, a devil may cry game. will never get on the show, but the one experience I had with them didn't really leave me hankering, uh, to go back for more crying devils. So just, Just in case, just to answer your question. Uh, So to be fair though, with the God of War games, I've only played the original God of War and then the new God of War. Uh, The new one is excellent. The original one was uh, pretty good. But same thing, I did find myself getting a little bored by the end of just the button mashing. That's all. That's like just any, anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, there you go. That's my thoughts on Devil May Cry. So maybe someday, but uh, not in any immediate plans. And finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. Nomad. Wrote in and said, salutations, good sir. That's too big a word. Nomad, strike one. In game patch episode 83.0, you struck the same rib twice in succession and Yeah, no, shout out to anyone that gets that partial reference. No, Nomad said, in episode 83, Game Patch episode 83, you gave me the impression you were quite lukewarm with the Sony PlayStation Portable when talking about PlayStation's new subscription model. As a PSP game collector, I wanted to know why. Have you had much exposure to that system? Do the games not seem interesting? And if a good chunk of them do become available to download via the new PlayStation Plus Premium service, do you think you might dabble? I think there's a fantastic library of games to explore, and it would warm my heart if that's a journey you take one day oh and if you read this on the podcast say hi to my wife justine it'll make her happy thanks hello justine uh does he say salutations to you too or is it just me does he walk into the house after a day of work and be like salutations and fine, <laughs> i fucking ah like fuck, i hate that word anyway um so this seems to be a common misconception that goes the voice crack and i don't know why but, like, maybe when I did Game Patch 83.0, I made it sound... Because, like, I've I've been called out several times since... And I must be from that episode, from people being like, Dude, like, are you anti-PSP? I'm not anti-PSP at all. I've never played one. Never once in my life have I played a PSP ever. So, I'm not... I, and, frankly, there's a couple of games on it I'm really interested in. I'm interested in that Final Fantasy VII spinoff where Zack finally fucking makes sense. And then there's, like, a Mega Man 1 remake on it that looks fucking awesome. That I'm really interested in plus I think the Daxter game is on PSP and I'm a big Daxter fan I might have been on Vita I don't remember I never played it either but truth be told I've just never played a PSP ever but I'm not anti-PSP and I don't want to get fucking this stink of being an anti-PSP on me that I have to carry around for the rest of my life so I'm just putting I'm just putting it out there into the universe right now I am pro PSP I've just never ever I'm I, I'm PSP curious I'm PSP- I've never played one before, but I'm intrigued. You know, I'm a little bit flattered and I'm intrigued and I definitely want to try it. So yes, if PSP games come to the new PS Plus services, without question, I'll definitely try a couple of them because I'm very interested. I thought everybody just bought PSPs to hack them and put NES games on them. I thought that's everyone I knew that had one. That was what they did with it. I just never got around to buying one ever, but I'm interested. So to answer your question, I will definitely dabble in in the PSP pool should they end up on PS plus. So PS plus premium PSP pool (laughs) that fuck V anyway, there you go. Uh, so thank you so much to everybody that wrote in. Thank you for all the submissions and Victor, if you're hearing this, get your ass back to work. Let's get into our smash hit segment. Let's change things up. The official game show of remember the game industries, play one, remake one, erase one. Thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the team music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third one is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one, and we'll get there in just a minute. And I figured since we're talking a sequel this week, arguably one of the greatest sequels of all time with The Link Between Worlds, uh, I would throw three more sequels into contestants' row. We've got Silent Hill 2. Half-Life 2 and Final Fantasy X 2 and some people gave me shit for doing Final Fantasy X 2 dirty by putting it up against Silent Hill and Half-Life I have three things to say in response to that number one it's very hard finding three games on the same approximate level that all fit into a specific criteria number two I thought of it afterwards and I should have gone with Metal Gear Solid 2 instead of Final Fantasy X 2 and number three I <laughs> excuse me I'm choking on my own rage here. I haven't played Final Fantasy X-2, so I'm not going to dunk on it. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm dying. Hang on. I usually would... A good podcast would edit this out. You just guys get to listen to me drink a sip of water here. I think choking on your own saliva is your body's way of being like, you're not as fucking smart as you think you are. So it's hard to find three games that fit a specific criteria that are on the same level. I should have gone with Metal Gear Solid 2. And my third point is I haven't played this game, so I'm not dunking off Final Fantasy X 2. But if it's as good as you fucking fans say it is, then it should be fine. So, unfortunately... It wasn't. A whopping 59%, by far the biggest win we've ever had in Play 1, Remake 1, Erase 1. 59% of you said you'd play Half-Life 2, Remake Silent Hill 2, and Erase Final Fantasy 10 2. And in second place with another 15% was Play Silent Hill, Remake Half-Life, and again erase Final Fantasy 10-2. And I very rarely erase games that I haven't played, but I would also erase Final Fantasy 10-2. Now, to be fair, had I put Metal Gear Solid 2 in its place, I would have erased that game so fast it would make your fucking head spin. I hate that fucking game. So it's not Final Fantasy 10-2's fault. I don't know if there's another game I could have thrown in there that would match up against Half-Life and Silent Hill. But let's see what a few of you had to say, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Ted Viper wrote in and said, play um, Final Fantasy 10-2. There you go. See, Ted Viper's in. He's in. Play Final Fantasy X-2 to see what all the hype is since I've been a Nintendo and Xbox player my whole life. Remake Half-Life 2 since that shit was dope and it could have been incredible on next-gen systems. And erase Silent Hill because fuck scary games. I have a family. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I agree with fuck scary games because I'm not good with them either, but I, <laughs> I don't know what the family has to do. <laughs> like, it's not going to kill you. I, <laughs> I have a family. Ah uh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> Justified 0-1 wrote in and said remake silent hill 2 play half-life 2 take a dump on final fantasy 10 2 and burn it why would anybody make a game with a bunch of female pop stars as the central focus this game is offensive to all final fantasy fins fans and is when the series jumped the shark now i'm gonna say for the record i love female pop stars like i like pop music a lot so i have no beef with Final Fantasy 10 2 focusing on female pop stars that's fucking totally cool with me um, but to hear that Final Fantasy X 2 is when the series jumped the shark, I. There's, I mean, people, you know, 11 is kind of okay. People don't, as according to reception, I've not played it. Uh, 12 seems very divisive most people don't like the 13 games 14 blew up at the end and then 15 I thought fucking sucked so uh, maybe maybe 10-2 was when the jump of the shark happened I don't know uh, Yoshido wrote in and said yeah I can speak on this I would play Half-Life 2 because having never played it I've always been curious about the hype behind it and I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan and I know I know the hate on Final Fantasy 10-2 is insane I've also hated against it but I will say the combat system and job changing was really dope so a remake of it would be amazing if they clean up some stuff you not being a britney spears pop star thing was weird but okay and then i would erase silent hill 2 simply because i'm a pansy scaredy courage the cowardly dog <laughs> also i saw the movie and i'm good on that whole game series whoa don't write i've only played silent hill 1 and i wouldn't write them off don't write them off if you're scared that's fine but don't write them off because of the movie silent hill games at least silent hill 1 is pretty good it's the only one i know Uh, Cesar Bustos wrote in and said, play Half-Life 2, remake Silent Hill and erase Final Fantasy 10-2. You know what I like about this comment? No, no window dressing. Not even any work. No explanations. It is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. It's like 11 words and then a couple of letters. Fucking well done. Well fucking, I, I, I'm, I get it. I'm on board with that. I respect that. Uh, Dora Lingus said, I play Half-Life 2 as I've never played it. I'd remake Silent Hill 2. Advanced graphics would make this game absolutely terrifying. Sign me up. And erase Final Fantasy X-2. To me, a dumpster fire of a spinoff that the world will not miss. I don't necessarily agree with, or I don't disagree with any of your logic, even if it's not the order I would go in. I think the sound, I have no way to roast you. That sound logic all the way around. And last minute hero. I was looking for somebody that wrote in and said they wanted to erase Half-Life 2 because it didn't seem to be very many of them. And Last Minute Hero came in at the last minute to be a hero. Said, play Final Fantasy 10 2 The game has already received the HD remaster released on the PS3, not needing much more of an update and totally playable as it is. Although it's not as good as Final Fantasy X, it's still great. Remake Silent Hill 2 as one of the greatest survival horror games ever released. It would be amazing to re- to see it receive the Resident Evil treatment with modern graphics and quality of life improvements. Can you ima- imagine how amazing Pyramid Head would be in update? Updated version, and then erase Half Life 2, one of the most, if not the most, overrated first person shooters to be released, and only stands the test of time because of nostalgia keeping it alive. There are plenty of other great first person shooter games released at the same time, like Halo 2, Chronicles of Riddick, Far Cry, Doom 3, and they are often overshadowed because everyone lost their minds over the gravity gun and physics engine. After the first 30 minutes or hour of a game, it becomes the same as Half Life 1 and is nothing spectacular. Also, obligatory Gabe Newell doesn't know how to count to three. I appreciate the hotness of the take that Half-Life 2 is so overrated and you would erase it. I only ever played it once back in the day on the Xbox. I fucking loved Half-Life 2. And there's another person bringing up Pyramid Head. I've never played Silent Hill 2 and everyone's like, you need to play Silent Hill 2 so that you can deal with Pyramid Head. And I'm so sick of hearing about it. I never want to play this game just because I don't want to see Pyramid Head. I certainly don't want to see Pyramid Head with fucking updated graphics. That sounds even more goddamn horrifying. Uh, 15% of you. Voted the same way that I did this week including decoy man who said well 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 we meet again mr blank just my opinion I would play silent hill cuz I'd never played it and I want to know what the hype is about I'd remake half-life 2 because it's awesome overall I played it for hours with my brother and it'd be cool to see it touched up erase final fantasy X-2. I'm a big fan of the final fantasy games and this one in 13 made me quit after 5 hours so I made room in the garbage to toss it in with echo the dolphin and missing mario ma bring me my matches uh, I actually agree with most of the logic. I certainly agree with the order decoy, man. I myself would play Silent Hill 2 because at some point I'm going to have to. Everyone keeps telling me I got to see what all the hype is about with this game. At some point I have to play it and I don't need it remade even fucking scarier. I'll play the original version. Thank you very much. I'm going to remake Half-Life 2 because I love that game. It's awesome and I want to see it remade even sexier. And I'm going to erase Final Fantasy X-2. And I don't usually erase games that I haven't played. And if I didn't like Half-Life 2 so much, I would have remade Final Fantasy X-2 and erased Half-Life 2 uh, because I love pop music. And I see Final Fantasy X-2 and I'm like, that looks like, like I just will play it for the soundtrack. But I'll be goddamned if I'm going to erase Half-Life 2 and I had I would rather play Silent Hill than Final Fantasy X-2. So, Sorry, Final Fantasy X-2. And for all of you that were like, Final Fantasy X-2 got done dirty. The only other game I thought about putting in there was Metal Gear Solid 2. And I would have erased that game because it is fucking shit. So thank you everybody for writing in this week. What have I been playing over the last seven days? And then we'll get to talking Link Between Worlds. Uh, dude, this weekend was epic. I finished Final Fantasy Tactics for the first time in my life. So I'm ready to review that for episode 200 in a couple of weeks. I also finished Fable for the first time in my life. And we'll be reviewing that for an episode in the early 200s. Um, now I'm playing Pokemon Gold gold on my 3ds to get ready for another episode playing that for the first time ever and i'm really enjoying it so far and i'm finally firing up wwe 2k 22 which i've been talking about playing for like a month because i finally got tactics and fable off my plate and i'll tell you all right now when pokemon gold is done old adam is taking a nice beefy sabbatical from fucking rpgs because i'm so sick of fucking rpgs oh my god I know a lot of you love them. I don't dislike them, but I I can't play that many of them in a row. I'm like I'm just reading fucking books. Oh, like, WWE, and then I don't know. I'll fucking play Mario or something. Anyway, let's talk link between worlds. That's why you're here. I like to give a few of our listeners a chance to sound off on the game we're talking about before my guest and I hog the spotlight. Charles G wrote into to us on Patreon and said, after a long stint of not gaming, I bought this and a 3DS in my early 20s. I'd never... Fi- How long a stint of gaming could it be if you were in your early 20s when you bought this? Like, I took a break from gaming too, but like, I don't know, I get, well, no, yeah, I was like 20 and I probably till like 23, 24. Ah, all right, I'll shut up, Charles. I'm sorry. Anyway... Uh, I've never finished Link to the past when I originally had it at age seven, as it was pretty tough, now uh, uh, as it was pretty tough. Link between Worlds was an incredible game from start to finish and is currently the only Zelda game I've gone back to and beat multiple times. I love how it kept the formula for handheld Zelda, but with some great extra features, I'd go as far as to say this is the best Zelda I've played in my lifetime. I don't think that's a hot take at all. Let the haters hate Charles. Link between Worlds is fucking excellent. Well said. Kyle Paul wrote in and said, I've never been good at Zelda, but the second one I ever beat behind Twilight Princess was this one. I have such fond memories of this game. I was even able to get the collectible posters from Club Nintendo for it. Fucking nice. See, Nintendo's so out of touch, but then they do nice things like posters. I like it. Oh, Kevin, I don't know how to fuck to say your last name. Kevin Arima? I hope I said that right, Kevin. Kevin Arima Arima said, I wish they would port this one to the Switch somehow. I remember you saying it in an episode, you had trouble with the 3D environments because you grew up with 2D and were so used to it. I mostly grew up playing Ocarina of Tim, so I have the opposite problem where I'm great with 3D games and I have a tough time navigating 2D maps in combat. I don't know if it was the art style or the more modern controls, but it finally clicked for me with Link's Awakening Remake, so now I feel ready to tackle more 2D Zelda and wish they would bring more them over so i dude so yeah like i have talked about how mario zelda metroid insert your favorite franchise here i almost always prefer the 2d iterations over the 3d iterations um but yeah this one will click for you i think you really if you like link's awakening remake you'll like link between worlds uh i agree and we talk about that on the podcast near the end fuck i wish they would port this game to switch i don't know if it'll ever happen but oh my god i wish oh come on nintendo you fucking assholes uh, Christopher Wynn wrote in and said, This is the only Zelda game that I've actually completed. Something about the art style, music, and the mechanics made me want to finish everything. So far, no other Zelda game has made, has made me feel compelled to finish it. I always hit a snag. That's fair. I, I would If you like this one, I would recommend playing Link to the Past just because it is the prequel to this one. And if you liked this one, it's the same map. But it doesn't play the same. Uh, it's got some differences for sure, but it's the same map anyways. Uh, and Scott Kilbride wrote in and said, I missed the chance to comment to comment. I missed the chance to comment on the discussion for games that made you fall in love with gaming, which was an episode of Expansion Pass we did for our Patreons a few months back. But for me, that was linked to the Past. This game was a really fresh take on that game. A spiritual sequel in the purest sense, like out of an alternate timeline, and had a fantastic balance of feeling new and feeling familiar. It also managed to do the faster-paced 2D dungeons like Link to the Past, but with slightly more intricate puzzles like in the 3D games. I bought my 3DS for this game alone, basically. No regrets. Well fucking said this game is worth the price of admission. Like 3DSs and 2DSs aren't available anymore, at, like stores or anything. But if you've got one laying around and you've not played Link Between Worlds, it's thirty bucks Canadian sitting in there on the eShop. So what's that like seven dollars in the US and I don't know forty-six kilograms in Europe or whatever the fuck and I don't know three bobbies on the shrimps, or shrimps on the shrimps on the bobbies and uh, whatever. It's not expensive. So fucking check it out if you're interested. And Mark McHugh and I are gonna tell you why right now. I'm gonna queue up some music. And when it stops, the former Hall of Famer himself, along with myself, are going to talk about The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds, which originally released in North America on the 3DS on November 22nd, 2013. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Alright, so, uh, first of all, as I've probably explained in the intro, we're talking a 3DS game. And before I get messages from people being like, oh, well, I don't know if the 3DS is considered retro or not yet. Uh, first of all, uh, it doesn't, it's my goddamn podcast. I decide what's fucking retro. This is the, this is the kingdom of Adam, and I decide what's fucking retro. Second of all, I needed an episode for this week. And third of all, former... Remember the Game Hall of Famer, not current for all you fucking <laughs> scats out there that are trying to force his way back into the Hall of Fame. Former Remember the Game <laughs> Hall of Famer recommended this, and I thought this would actually be a lot of fun. So joining me via the blank phone this week is my guest, former Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark Tholomew McHugh. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going great. Great. Wow. That's good. That's fucking positive, Mark. It's like it's like 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Most comedians aren't even out uh, of bed yet. We
1: we get to talk about a Zelda game. So I'm excited,
0: dude. And you know what's funny is your brother's going to give me shit for this because he's like Mark Mark takes all the Zelda games. But the thing is, is like we were literally doing a show together Thursday night here at Edmonton, And Mark was like, yo, we should do an episode about Link to the uh, Link Between Worlds. And I was like, that's a really good idea. I really like that game. And I was like, and afterwards I was like, oh fuck, Bradley's gonna give me shit for this. Cause once again, Mark has stolen a Zelda game away from his brother.
1: Once again. Yeah, he can do Minish Cap. Yeah, he, okay. he oh, he's he's he's
0: fucking like got it tattooed on his body that he gets to cover Minish Cap. I can't take that <laughs> away from him. Um and I will say I've not played Minish Cap yet, but I'm willing to put I'm willing to put my flag in the sand right now. And dig in my heels and take a stance that it's not better than Link Between Worlds.
1: Having never played No, it, Link Between Worlds is the best handheld Zelda.
0: I think not only okay, so just quickly before we get into this, I want to make sure everybody knows. I know that this isn't as old of a game as some of the other games that we cover.
1: And when it's, it's on a, a system that's not being made anymore, though. That's retro.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The systems discontinue that makes it retro. Absolutely. <laughs> I have no beef with that. I just want to warn people like normally on this show, I don't worry too much about spoilers because a lot of the games are 20 or 30 years old. And I'm like, you fucking had your chance. Um, this one, I think, is nine years old. So there and and I know that like with a lot of Zelda games, let's call a spade. I know you're a bigger Zelda fan than me, but let's call a spade a spade. A lot of the time, the story in a Zelda game is like a a B minus at best.
1: Like this. Yeah, it's it's usually just like a vehicle to get you to go do the next thing.
0: Yeah, agreed. And frankly, I think the story in this one, for a lot of it, is the same. But there is a couple of big twists right at the end. A couple of like, oh wow, like that's that's a legitimate story at the end. Uh, we won't spoil those until near the end of the episode, and we will warn you that we're gonna spend about two minutes talking about them. So if you've not played this yet, I think you're safe for about ninety percent. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Mark and I talked about this beforehand. Um. All right, so now with all that out of the way, let's fucking talk Link Between Worlds. I'm just gonna I- I'm gonna turn it over to you because you're a bigger Zelda fan than me, and I want to know what you think over all of this. But I just want to say for the record, like I've never hidden the fact that I'm a Link to the Past Homer. That is my favorite Zelda game of all time. I think that Zelda games play better in 2D than they do like in 3D. And I know this is technically a 3DS game, but you know what I mean? That top down, you know, that like, I prefer games like this, Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages, the original Legend of Zelda, uh, Link's Awakening. Like I prefer those over stuff like Ocarina of Tim and Breath of the Wild and Wind Waker and stuff just as a whole and being a link to the past fanboy i think this game gets bonus points in my book for being basically a direct sequel link to the past and taking me back to that world that i love so so much i think this is i, I think this is a top top 5 zelda without even blinking it might make my top 3
1: but I'm curious best, what you For think. me, it's the best handheld one. Like, And, yeah, I know people are going to be like, well, what about Link's Awakening? And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck Link's Awakening. You know, Link Between Worlds, that's the best handheld Zelda game. Yeah. And I was so skeptical when I first saw ads for this because I was just like, how are they going to make that different from Link to the Past? And then you play it, and it's like, oh, this is both like... This is both, like, old and new at the same time. Like, it's familiar, but it's fresh somehow. And I am, like, still to this day, I'm like, I don't know how they did that. I have no fucking idea how they did that.
0: Agreed. And I, I will also agree with you. I do think it's the best handheld Zelda. Now, that said, like, Link's Awakening is really good. But Link's Awakening can't fucking carry this bag. big gift games lunch, in my opinion. And... it's really tough for me because I'm like I'm playing this game I dude I remember the same thing when this game was announced I I'm not gonna lie to you bro like I lost my shit because I was like again link to the past has always been my favorite Zelda game and I'm like you're making a fucking sequel like Zelda games don't get sequels Like, I know before I get hate messages, I know a couple of them do, and they're all in the same fucking world. But you know what I mean. Like, they don't do this that often. And when they do make a sequel, they don't take you right back to the same exact fucking land you you played the first time. But they're like, it's just a little bit different, and we made it all bright and shiny. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't... Like, I was... I I lost my mind.
1: You never see the same, like, Hyrule in two games.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, dude, what I wouldn't fucking give for like a super mario world version of this like do you know what i mean like to take one of my favorite games ever and be like we're taking that same exact map it's gonna feel like an old friend but we made it nice and pretty and new and fancy and there's a new story and new dungeons and everything and i when oh oh, i saw God, it
1: how would they even do that with super mario world oh, that'd I don't, be interesting
0: i know i i like just same over map or whatever i don't know but like that's what this felt like to me and then like I don't know and everyone that is listening to this at this point in the history of our podcast probably knows I don't do history lessons on this show I don't read into the development notes there's tons of podcasts out there that already do that that's not our wheelhouse so I don't know if this is true I have to imagine at some point this was like a link to the past remaster or a remake or something and then they decided uh, to change it up
1: like right I It actually like it started like At first, they were, like, they were, like, focusing on, like, well, what if we had, like, Link merging into the walls? And they, like, drew up some prototypes for that. But then this is about the time when they were developing games for the Wii U. So, like, the whole, they were, like, okay, you guys, go work on games for the Wii U. And so this game was, like, abandoned for, like, a year. And then, like, Aonuma was just, like... Hey, what about that game where like Link was merging with the walls? Why don't we do that again? And then they were like they worked on that a bit and they weren't happy with what they saw and they're like well, what if we kind of made it a remake of Link to the Past and that's where, like, development kind of started to take off?
0: Ah, uh, that makes sense. Okay, I gotcha. Because, like, when I look at it initially, like, this could have, like, the Link's Awakening remake that they did, what, last year? Two years ago? I don't remember when that even came out now. Uh, it was great. The Link's Awakening remake, if you've not played it yet, if you have a Nintendo Switch and you're a Zelda fan, Link's Awakening, the, the remake on the Switch, is fucking outstanding. Yeah. Uh, that's what yeah, this... Yeah. like, it,
1: it's one of those games that's, like, there's no point to the original. Unless, like, for maybe nostalgia factors, there's no point of playing the original anymore.
0: With Link's Awakening, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, agreed, yeah. Like, now that I have the remaster, I have no interest in playing the original. Um, and that's all this could have been, and I honestly would have bought it day one and been super happy. If it had just been Link to the past hd or something and it was just a remastered version of it with the new graphics and everything i would have been
1: all and over it's that the same game just like with discord yeah like i also would have like i would have paid full price for that as well me too
0: but then when i actually sat down and started playing this it was it, it was i'm trying to like i can't i mean the only other time i can really think of feeling this way when i came to playing a video game was Final Fantasy 7 remake, and seeing all this stuff that I grew up with, but then done bright and new and and colorful. And I'm not saying this is Final Fantasy 7 remake quality. It's a 3DS game. It's not, but, but, but that like is
1: good, that is a good comparison. It's a fair comparison because it's something that's both new and familiar at the same time.
0: Yeah, like that was. I was, bro. When you start playing this game and you set out into the overworld, and you're like, this is. It's like going back to the neighborhood you grew up in. And it's like the roads are the same and like the the, the tree that was there is still there but like everything but like else is just like, a little oh, there's bit different' an
1: Orange Julius there now and that wasn't there when I grew up yeah or like this is slightly different it's like more or less the same but like there's a few subtle differences that make you go like oh well that's interesting you put that over there this time okay cool
0: yeah and as we get into like reviewing this I should just point out if you never played link to the past, or you don't have any nostalgia for it, you can still absolutely play this. Like, this is a standalone Zelda game. You don't need to know what happened in Link to the Past. None of that. Everyone knows what happened in Link to the Past because it's the same that happened well, in every fucking- and it fucking... tells you
1: right off the bat what happens to, in Link to the Past. Right. Because, like, you go into the castle, and there are all those murals that tell you the story of Link to the Past. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, like, fucking Ganon stole the Triforce, went into the Dark World link went and he kicked his ass that's the whole story to link to the past
0: and i mean that's basically the story of like let's call a spade a spade the story to like 90 percent of zelda games at some point a little elf in a green dress finds his sword picks up three gold triangles finds seven somethings and then defeats a big pig like that's what happens in every zelda game i'm sorry it is and it's not bad it's fine but that exactly so you don't what i what i was gonna say is like You don't have to know that link to the past to play this one, but much like you don't have to have played Final Fantasy VII to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, I just, I, I, this game just straight up will not hit you as hard. As it would if you have played Link to the Past. It's just the the oh. music, the the setting, the overworld, going to the village and being like, holy fuck, like there's the bird statue with the northwest southeast under it. And there's there's the, the chickens the music, that I can attack that are going to beat me. And you know what I mean? Like you just need to it just you'll you'll literally enjoy this game twice as much if you play the first one. Um, and then,
1: just on a side note, there, I actually did play Final Fantasy VII like a year before the remake came out, and I was like, "Oh, this is fine," but I didn't really have any nostalgia for it. So it was like, "Okay, yeah, that was that was fun, I guess." But then, like, the remake came out, and I'm like, "Oh, this is this is fucking amazing."
0: Yeah, and it's just like it's those little things, like seeing the same world, but like. I don't mean to keep comparing... It's not fair to compare this to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, they're very different games. But all I'm saying is just to see... Like you said, to see something old, new. And, like, when we played Super Nintendo games back in the day, like, I I am still on the horse that Super Nintendo games look gorgeous. Like a good Super Nintendo game holds up and looks as good today as it did back then. But to play Link to the or pardon me, Link Between Worlds now, you're like, this is kind of what I imagined it looked like back then. Like it's cause it's that same world but bigger and brighter and colorful. And there's a little bit more depth because you have like items where you can use to like you know make the sand piles come up that you can run across and and little things like that so i don't mean to just keep harping on link to the past of this game but again it's a direct sequel in that same world and i'm just so happy that they did this because when i i bought this game day one when it came out and played it we're gonna get into actually playing it fucking 12 minutes after we started talking but like it it just it took me right it was just it hit me and Oh my God, man. It, it like, it fucking, it found my G spot. Like it just hit me so perfectly. And I was like, this is everything I wanted this fucking game to be. And quite frankly, some of the changes they make to the Zelda formula in this game, I like some of them I could live without, but I think they get away with experimenting with the formula because they put you in such a familiar, uh, setting while they did it.
1: Do you know what I mean? No, exactly. And it's like, no, we've all played Link to the Past and like at no point did it feel like they were taking away from Link to the Past. Yeah. It was like, no, that's still a game you can go play, but like here's something that's very similar but kind of different. Yeah. So, so we'll get
0: into the actual game itself because there are some like Okay, so I think, to me, the biggest biggest change... And I'd be curious to know if you think there's something different. But, to me, the biggest... Obviously, the, the big new mechanic is the walking into the walls and the 3D to 2D, which we'll get to in a minute. To me, the big thing is, like, so many Zelda games... Follow the tried and true formula of you go to dungeon one and then in dungeon one you get this item and you need this item to finish the dungeon and usually fight the boss. Then you get it for the rest of the game. Same with dungeon two, then dungeon three, then dungeon four. And it's, you know, the joke can be made of like, why do these fucking boss, these, these masters of these dungeons, why keep your one weakness in a fucking treasure chest in your house? Like why? Like that's such a horrible idea. Like, I, like, I, like, it'd be like, I'm terrified of bees so I don't keep a fucking beehive full of bees locked in a treasure chest downstairs <laughs> just in case like why do that? Like I'd keep it as far away from me as humanly possible. So like that's classic Zelda. And in this why game, are you
1: keeping the key to your fucking room, just like so, I'm just out where people can find it.
0: Yeah. Not even like hidden just in a little treasure chest where it's super easy to find. So like that's classic Zelda formula. And in this one, Uh, And I'm curious to know what you think of this. Because to me, this is the biggest talking point of this game outside of the tie-in to Link to the Past. In this one, you can basically get... Every item in the game, as soon as you want it, you just go to this merchant and you can either pay a little bit of money and rent them or pay a whole bunch of money and buy them. If you buy them, it's yours for the rest of the game. And it's, you know, it's the boomerang, it's the bow and arrow, it's the fire rod, it's the hammer, it's the insert your weapon here. Uh If you rent it, then you have it until you die. But if you die, you have to go back and get it again. So you can basically just go get all the items you want and then you can tackle dungeons in
1: pretty well, whatever order you want. Uh That and you is... know what? I love that for so many reasons, because, okay, first reason, it's exactly that. You can now play, the like, all the dungeons in whatever order you want. The other thing that that does is it gives rupees meaning fucking finally. Like, most Zelda games, you get to the end of a game, and, like, you have so many rupees, and you're like, I don't know what I'm spending these on. What are these for? And in this game, like, no, you, every rupee is, like, Oh, I need that. See? I need that because I want to buy this so that I don't have to fucking rent it again if I die. And the other thing it does is, like, there are still treasure chests. Like, you still do get treasures in the dungeons, but now it's something that's like, ooh, this is a little bit extra. Or this is, like, like in one of the dungeons, it's like, ooh, you get, like, more magic or yeah. you get the hillion shield or you get or that you can use to power up the master sword or you get like a tunic that like now you take half a, half health it's not like oh there's only one instance in this game where you need the dungeon item the or the item found in the dungeon to beat the dungeon
0: yeah now see i'll agree with a lot of what you said i am going to slightly disagree like when I started playing it, I agree with you. I was like, the idea of rupees is big. Cause it's like, I can, I don't remember what the prices are. I'm just pulling numbers out of my ass, but it's like, I can rent the boomerang for 50 rupees. I can buy it for 600 rupees. And it's like, well, 50 is way less than 600. Even I know that. So I was like, well, like, we'll do the 50. But then when you die, you're like, God damn it. Now I have to hike back to the store and go see that guy and get the fucking boomerang again. Whereas if I just save up the 600, now it's mine. And I agree with you off the top. I was like, oh, wow, that really does put a ton of emphasis on rupees. But I played this game to basically 100% completion. And I, like, found all of those little squid things that you use to upgrade items, which we can talk about later. And, like, I explored every nook and cranny of this game because I love that work because of my affection for uh a link to the past so i i was exploring and exploring and exploring and i found that i had so many rupees that it was like buying shit wasn't even a problem like and i don't know where your happy medium is there because if you make it too hard to come up with enough rupees to buy stuff you're gonna piss people off if you make it too easy then you get Fucking assholes like me on here being like, oh, it was a little bit too easy. I don't know where the fine line is, but I did find about halfway through the game, I basically owned everything because I'd been exploring so much that I had enough money to just buy everything. And once you buy everything, then rupees become completely meaningless.
1: Well, but then that's the other thing. It like gives you a reason to explore the world, which I think is like, that's the mark of a great Zelda game.
0: Agreed. I'll agree with that. And I will say, looking for rupees in this game is a lot more fun than like in link to the past where you basically just cut the fastest growing grass of all time over and over and over again in this one you can do the whole pasting to the wall and there's rupees on the wall and there's tons of hidden caves full of rupees and stuff like that like they are it is it it, like uh, by and large i do like it i just found that i was like i have so many and i and i suppose you could argue part of it is like well that's on you maybe not don't buy everything like if you want it to be a little bit tougher don't buy everything and it's like point point conceded um but for the most part i do like the system i think everyone that listens to this podcast knows i'm a mega man super like i adore the original like the old school mega man games and one of my favorite things about the mega man games is the fact that you can tackle them in whatever order you want and it was so cool seeing that brought to a zelda game especially because at this point like i can't speak to every zelda game because i haven't played all the zelda games but a vast majority of the old Zelda games you have to do in a particular order, or at least well, it does its best. this game came important. out, like,
1: this, came, this game was in development after Skyward Sword came out. And, like, after Skyward Sword came out, pretty much every Zelda fan was like, why are we still playing, like, basically, like, okay, go here, go here, go here, go here. Yeah. Why has the Zelda formula been so like, devolved into just very much like, okay, we're going to go on a straight path linear line when the original game was all about exploration. Yeah. So they were like, okay, well, then why don't we make a game that's kind of like this? And then, of course, after this, then they came out with Breath of the Wild, which was, like, exact, kind of exactly what we were asking for.
0: And it's funny but you say that because, like, I have a very deep affinity for the very original Legend of Zelda game I only played it for the first time a few years ago and I loved it because of the fact that you could, you, I mean, you go into like the sixth or seventh dungeon, you're going to get fucked up, but you can pretty well go wherever you want. And I really, really enjoyed that. And I do think as much as I enjoy games like link to the past, I love wind waker, um, uh, links awakening. I I love links. Like I'm trying to think of the old ones that are more linear. I like links awakening a lot, but like, there is something to be said where they're like, here's this giant world. Like, cause that's part of Zelda is exploration and exploring this giant world. But they're like, do you still have to beat it in a particular order? Whereas this one, they were like, yeah, fucking go nuts. And I want to just say like tip of my hat to everyone involved in the, in the, de- um, development. I was going to say the design of mint, the the, 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 development of this game, because like, dude, it can't be easy. To fucking find a way to make all these dungeons playable in pretty well whatever order you want. And you can go get all these items and pretty well pick and choose the items that you want and not completely break the game. You know what I mean? Like, that can't be... I know that in games like, you know, Witcher 3, Skyrim, Fallout. Like, I'm picking these giant console, like, fucking massive open world games. So, like, this is a 3DS game. They have very limited hardware to play with compared to, like you know what fucking fallout four runs on and i I, granted the world's not as big as fallout four for example but like i i think it's quite impressive the way that they were able to come up with a game that's as open as this but also not as not broken does that make sense i don't know how else to say it
1: yeah the one trade-off for that though is like because you can play the dungeons in kind of whatever order you want they're still pretty easy
0: Yes, they are. I I think this is. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I was about to say this might be the easiest Zelda, but like it might be the easiest Zelda game I've ever played.
1: Now that I think it's about it, it might up be up there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like th- I think it's easier it like, than Link to the Past for sure. Link to the Past, like that shit, like that's a hard game. Dude, there's some fucking. I just wanted to say for the record, like again, this is not a Link to the Past podcast. We've done two of those. There's not a dungeon in this pal or in this uh, in this game. That irritates me as much as the Ice Dungeon in Link to the Past. Like, I don't think there's a bad design dungeon in this game. There's just also not a particularly difficult dungeon designed in this game.
1: No, and, like, the dungeons, they're all pretty fun. And they're all, like, because, like, you can play them in any order, they're more focused on, like, puzzle solving than they are on combat.
0: Yeah, and, like, and that's where I wanted to go next was, um... I think the and I think the puzzles would be a great way to kind of segue into the wall walking thing. But just as a whole, let me just say, uh, I, I think this game has some of the best puzzles in any Zelda game. And I don't just mean in the dungeons, but I mean on the on the on the overworld and trying to, you know, figure out like you see something and you're like, how the fuck do I get to that? Uh, and, like, just the way that various items interact with the world and the way you interact with the world and the way things are hidden in the world and the way you travel between the light world and the dark world or the high and low world or whatever you want to call them in this one. Um, I, I truly think this game has some of the Hyrule best puzzles ever. rule and low rule. Yeah, high, do you like that? high rule and low rule? I, I think low rule is kind of dumb. I got to say, I think uh, it's kind a, of a dumb. It's
1: game. a little bit cheesy, but, like, it's kind of a, it's an interesting way to expand on the idea of, like, the dark world
0: yeah it is it's like and i have no beef with them going the the light world and dark world i just like and i get that it's you know it's a it's a it's a play on words right it's like well that's high so we're low high rule low rule uh and i think low rule is better than the dark world in link to the past but i just i just think the name i just thought the name was kind of dumb that's all i i don't know what i would
1: have called it instead but like I, I it's know. a bit cheesy. Yeah, it's a like bit who? On the nose, but like, eh.
0: Like who wants to live? Like who would? Who would be like? What should we name? We've just found this new country or whatever the fuck. I don't know what Hyrule is considered—like a country, a province, a state, a continent. I don't fucking know. But they're like, we just founded this new place. What should we? What should we name our town? And they're like, how about Low Rule? And they're like, boy, you're really you kind of just given up before we started, eh? Like, that's not a very – like, I just – I don't think it's a very, like, you know, like, dark world – anyway, it doesn't matter.
1: Um, I'll take the high rule and you'll take the low rule. Yeah,
0: like, who the fuck wants to live in
1: low rule? Like,
0: it's just – like, it just – what are we going to – I don't know, like, so what are the final nominees for the name of our country? Well, there's low rule, there's crapland.
1: Oh, there's Boner Land.
0: <laughs> yeah, boner, yeah, Boner Land. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to anyone that gets that reference. <laughs> and not because it's Boners, but because of the show it's bro. Anyway, um, so like another thing that Zelda games all do is, well, not all of them, but a lot of them do, is the transition between like the, the light world and the dark world, right? Or like Ocarina of Tim, you go from the happy-go-lucky current to the evil-go-lucky future or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, what I really, really like about this game, and frankly, what I think this game does better than most of the Zelda games that I've played, is when you talk to people in Hyrule, like, they're all so, they're happy, they're high, I, they might be high, like, they're all happy and go lucky and it's fun, and then you go to it's low very rule.
1: very for sure.
0: Yeah, and then you go to low rule, and it's the same people, but they're just, like, pissy and
1: mad that Talking they like they're all, like, out of a Tom Waits song. They're just like, <laughs> kid, I've been working so long. I'm fucking sick of all your shit. And,
0: and like, again, like, and I don't know if it's a fair comparison. Like I know we've been comparing this to Link to the Past like crazy. You have to. It's a sequel. But, like, I know they didn't have the technology with Link to the Past that they did with uh, Link Between Worlds. But Link to the Past, it was really fun to go to the dark world and then explore the same map and see what has changed. But I felt like it hit 10 times harder in this one because a lot of the same people were in the same places, but they were like mean, evil versions of themselves. Like in Link to the Past, there's some, but not nearly as many as there are in this one. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I I feel like there's like, like 10 people in the dark world in Link to the Past. Like there's nobody there. Everyone's dead or something. Whereas yeah, in this like, one-
1: like everyone's monsters or like turned into trees
0: yeah whereas like in this one everyone's around it's just you know it they're they're just their lives have been ruined or something um and i think that is a great thing because not only like you basically have two complete worlds to explore and they feel like two similar worlds but i think the going back to places and just seeing people i talked to in the first world and seeing how they're treated in this world or how they think about life in this world uh i, I think it's done as well as has ever been done in a zelda game frankly
1: Yeah, I think it's, I I absolutely like, and I'm right there with you. I love the way that, like, instead of just making, like, you know, just a world full of monsters and then a world full of people, they, like, kind of balanced it more in this game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it, like, again, like, I don't, I don't 100% every game that I play. There are a lot of, not, it depends on how much I'm enjoying the game. Some games, I get to the point where I'm like, I just want to like like Breath of the Wild. I'm like, I'm not 100 percenting this. I just want to beat this and fucking get Isn't it over
1: insane. With. You're insane if you 100 100 Breath of the Wild. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, and I know there's some listening to this. Uh, Shaylee has done it, and uh, yeah, yeah. They're they're freaks. You're freaks. Um, and like <laughs> and like like this is this game obviously is a fraction of the size of Breath of the Wild, but like I had so much fun. Like I 100 did this game, and then I beat it again on the hero mode. Because the world is just so, there's no, one of the problems with, and it's not even just a Zelda game, but one of the problems with games like this, in my opinion, is that sometimes the world can be just a little bit um, empty. Does that, you know what I'm saying? And I don't feel like there's a lot of empty space in this game. Like, they packed a lot into both of these worlds, and there's so much fun to explore. Plus, like you mentioned, until you own every item, there's almost a reason to explore because you're looking for rupees to save up enough to buy all the items.
1: Well, and one of the cool things, is like, there are parts of the map that are completely optional. You don't have to go there. Like, there's one section of low rule that the only, re- like, the part with the, like, the cathedral, like, the dark cathedral, the only reason to go there is to get the second piece of ore so you can level up the Master Sword. But you don't have to do that. Right.
0: Yeah. And, like, another thing they do a great job of is the way that you can upgrade, like, every item in the game. Like, you remember in, I think it was in, in Link to the Past.
1: Yeah, it was Link to the Past. You thing in, things into the fairy fountain Yeah,
0: but not all of them would get upgraded, so you kind of just stood there like an idiot, throwing all your stuff into the water, and the fairy kept coming up, being like, hey! Like it's not a garbage can. Because Fuck it's yours, off!
1: So fucking take it! I don't. Yeah. I don't want this. Yeah,
0: they're like, hey, dumbass, you drop this too. Like, get a better backpack. Like you're dropping everything. <laughs> Whereas, like in this game, not only can you upgrade pretty well every item you have, but what I think is really cool about it is the way you upgrade it is by finding all of those little uh, octopus things. And it gives you a like again another reason to completely explore this game is to find all of these little fucking squid things because I think it was like I don't remember how like every ten every ten squids or whatever the fuck it was like every so many I think you it found was 10, yeah yeah every so many of this like mama squids baby squids you found you could take them back to uh, take her she'd upgrade one of your items for you and you could pick and choose which items you wanted to upgrade um and like.
1: I, and like the and all of the upgrades were like useful, like yeah. The like the boomerang now you can like you actually deal damage with it when you upgrade it, or the bow and arrow now you can like shoot three arrows at the same time. Uh, and the interesting thing I think about this is like you don't get like you don't have to like pick up bombs and arrows. Like every single item is tied to your magic meter, yes. which replenishes over time, dude.
0: That magic meter uh, is a million times better than, or the stamina meter, pardon me, is a million times better than having to buy or stock arrows and bows and shit. Oh my god, it's so much better. If you've never played it, yeah, you have this like pink, it looks like your magic meter from Link to the Past, it's this pink meter, and every item you have is just tied to it. And when it's empty, you can't use any of your items. And when it's full, it's like, yeah, it's like you're you can make you can manifest bombs or arrows or whatever the fuck you want. Such a oh between that and like you said, there's a great point that the powered up items actually it's not like, oh well now your boomerang goes further. Like it's like, yeah, now your bow and arrow shoots multiple arrows. Now your fire rod makes bigger fire. It makes such a difference. It is just such a Oh, it's just it makes it worth it. It makes it worth seeking out all these little octopus things to upgrade every item you've got because you want to see what they all do. And then the fact that you don't have to worry about stocking individual inventories and stuff for them, just like, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it was a really, really clever system they came up with. I would love to know how much tinkering it took to figure to find the balance and figure out how to make all this work.
1: That's true. And I will say, like, I, I did all of that the first time I played the game, but I've never done, like, the... I've never found, like, the upgrades playing through again, just simply because it's like you don't need it. Like, I've never come across uh, a situation where I'm like, oh, like, this would be so much easier if I had three arrows instead of one. Like, it's a a pretty easy game. So, like, the one thing I do wish is I wish that there was more reason to upgrade your item.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Outside of, like, for the love of the game or because you're having fun or if you're playing it on hero mode, it gets a little bit tougher. Um, okay. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, like in the basic playthrough, you're mm-hmm. right. Like you could easily beat the game without upgrading everything. And, uh, I, I can, I can get on board with it. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I wish it was like, I guess I wish it was a little bit harder. I know they put the hero mode in and you could do it that way. And I guess you could make it harder if you want to, by not, upgrading your health or not getting all the upgrades or not buying all the items or like you could, you know, artificially, um, sanction yourself to make it a little bit harder. But I also like, I'm I'm, like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't know. I guess the difficulty must come hand in hand with the open worldness. And it's gotta be a fine balance of like, if someone decides to go to the ice temple first, we can't make it 10 times more difficult than say the desert temple. Because they could go in any order, and we're like we can't we can't tell people like, hey, you can play this game in any order you want, and then have people be like, Yeah, I did, and I got fucked in some of the hard levels. And like, like they had to find a way to make them all easy. So like the further into the game you get, the easier it gets. Because they, the they don't one, like, it doesn't
1: scale, you know? The one that is like a bit harder than the other ones, if you start with it, is like the ice palace where like Turtle Rock was in the original.
0: I don't remember Yeah, I don't remember which one. one
1: being the toughest.
0: I mean, like, some are sure going to be harder than others, but, like, I don't, like, is it... You would think, like, scaling video games existed at this point. I'm a little shocked they didn't work on scaling, you know? But... I mean, you could argue maybe it's you know the 3DS's you know technical limitations. You could argue that Nintendo just wanted to make the game accessible to everybody. I would frankly listen to the argument that Nintendo just didn't realize that scaling difficulty was a thing because they don't really know what anybody else is doing because they never well, go like online. I don't said, think like I don't Breath think they the know Wild voice came chat out is a not thing.
1: too much longer, and that did have scaling difficulty.
0: Yeah. So, like, I if you know what, yeah, if there was one thing. That I could change about this game. It would be that I wish that the difficulty scaled with you a little bit.
1: If I could change my one is thing. Three, my guess is that it's a hardware limitation.
0: Yeah, maybe. But I would also not be can not be surprised if Nintendo just didn't know. I'm telling you, man. Like, I think Nintendo thinks that they're online on the Switch today is like fucking cutting edge. And they're like, it's perfect. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if at Nintendo headquarters, they've internally discussed putting like AOL on the Switch. And then somebody has been like, no, man, you guys, like, no. And they're, like, trying to Google it on their Blackberries. Like, it's fucking Nintendo and their fucking technology.
1: They're not Googling shit. They're using Ask Jeeves. Ask
0: Jeeves. They're asking Jeeves all fucking day. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And, like, the search results for Ask Jeeves are so outdated that they're, like, <laughs> the No. Oh, yeah. I was, like, trying to think of, like, a historical event that I could be, like, holy fuck, this just happened? But, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: they're, like, and- why don't we just go? Why don't we just go to New York? See what they're doing over at the Twin Towers. That's about that's that.
0: where I was gonna go, and I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> should I make that? Mark made that joke, not me. And thoughts and prayers to everyone affected by anyway 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 um <laughs> fuck sakes i don't want to get canceled before episode 200 it's like two weeks away i don't want to fuck this up now well, um, okay, I'll, like i'll get canceled you yeah won't. cancel mark McHugh, everybody cancel at no um, and you know
1: what you already did you already yeah oh, i did yeah, that I kid did. Kid yeah, yeah the that's the why you're not in thing. the hall get the fuck out of here uh
0: <laughs> that just bought you another year suspension from my hall of fame you son of a bitch <laughs> we should uh i've been teasing it for like half an hour we should talk about the wall walking mechanic in this game uh what
1: That's do you think brilliant. i have no idea how like, this is like it seems like such an obvious thing in retrospect it's like why didn't they do this sooner
0: yeah i agree if you don't know if you've never played this game very very on in the game what's the name of the villain what's what's the villain's name
1: yuga uh, yuga
0: yeah yuga who's the villain at least to start this game uh like has like magic and like yuga is, is i think it's a she i think is like a sorceress um anyway I yuga a dude. is it i don't know whatever yuga i think so it's 2020 is it's it's them it's them it could be anything yeah yeah so you oh no it says right here on the official page gender male and anyway it doesn't matter yuga uh can turn people into paintings like they tra- like he traps people in like paintings and he uses it on like a whole bunch of people and then he tries to use it on link but it only half works. And then link gets the ability that at any time you can go up to a wall and like turn into a painting, stick to the wall. And then it like the camera like spins around and then it just looks right at you. And like, I think link looks fucking hella cool. Like in his painted form. Like it looks like something you'd see on like a fucking, like a brick wall, like like a tag from somebody like with spray paint
1: and he can like walk yeah, along link- the wall. It's such, And then they kind of did do, like, they kind of did expand on that a little bit in Mario Odyssey. Yes, They kind of did take that same concept and it was like, oh, what if Mario could do that too?
0: Yeah, if you've never played, or if you have played Mario Odyssey but you haven't played this, you know the parts in Mario Odyssey where you go into, like, a pipe and then he becomes, like, yeah, part of the wall and it's, like, old side scroll in Mario? That's kind of what happens in this, but it's a lot, uh, like, I don't think you can use any of your weapons or jump or anything. You basically can just walk in a straight line. Yeah. um but it's such a cl- dude it adds so much to the puzzles in the temples of this game when you can stick to the wall and get like you can like you see something over there and you're like my hook shot can't there's nothing over there to latch my hook shot onto and then you realize like, i can just walk up to the wall and then poof, turn into painting link walk across the wall and then poof, come out of painting link and now i'm standing on that clever uh or on that that ledge you couldn't get to plus that's a lot of the ways you ex- you get to low rule is you find these like glowing evil cracks in the walls of high rule go into them as painting link and then you teleport into low rule and then you're on the wall there i just think like it cannot be overstated what a great fucking mechanic it was like it is so awesome i love the fucking wall walking mechanic
1: and it's and it's how they made like and it gave us a new way to to explore like a familiar landscape Yeah and dude like to the, like, I'm, like just so impressed by how they, because again, I saw like, oh, they're using the same map again. Like, oh, okay. Just copy and paste in an old game. Just tweaking it through new things, calling it a new game. And I was like, no, this is a very new game.
0: Yeah, dude, some of the, like, the dungeons you're in, you, you have points where, like, to, to um uh advance in the dungeon, you have to turn into, like, paint link, go outside, walk along the outer wall of the, and you can see Hyrule, like, deep down below you. And walk along the wall to, like, another platform that'll lift you up to a higher part of the dungeon. It is such a clever, clever, clever mechanic. Also, it results in the single greatest uh, gimmick in the history of Zelda boss fights. The one where you stick to the shield.
1: Oh, God, I love that. I love that, like, that fight where you're like, and you're like, oh, like, traditionally you would have no idea how to fight this guy but you could just, like, merge with his shield, and it's like, oh, where'd he go? Yeah. And he, like, swings his shield around, and you come out, and then you can stab him in the back. Such an interesting, like, use of this mechanic.
0: Yeah, like, so many Zelda... Like, I think a lot of Zelda boss fights are fine, but they're just... Oh, like, oh, I got the hook shot in this dungeon. I wonder if I'll need the hook shot to fight this boss and stuff like that. And this one boss in particular, yeah, he's like this giant demon with like a floating pair of hands, and one is a sword and one is a shield. And you can turn into paste, like, like drawing link, 2D picture link, stick to his shield, and then he can't find you. I, 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 the smile I have on my face right now is I'm like, dude, that honestly might be more clever than any Mario boss fight ever.
1: Like, that is well, just they, such you, a great they, idea. They reuse a few of the boss fights from Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a reused boss fight, but they've remixed it in an interesting way.
0: I just think that is the greatest idea in the world, that you just stick to this fucking shield and then the guy can't find you. And he looks so stupid. <laughs> it's, I love it. I, fucking outstanding. I love that mechanic. I love every... Oh. I adore that painting thing. I wish that that just became like a permanent... I know it can't be a permanent thing. But again, though, I think it's a, a bit of a testament to the quality of this game that it's on the 3DS. It's got the 3DS's hardware uh, limitations. And they found a way to make... there's You can't break the game in this 2D wall-walking mechanic. And do you have any idea... I don't because I don't know how it, how making video games fucking works. But I can just imagine how much testing and tweaking and polishing it must have taken to let you stick to any wall in the game that you can access and walk around but never break the game doing it or get stuck or something like that. You know what I'm saying? That can't be easy at all.
1: No, and like there are parts where you can't walk around but like it's deliberate. Like they have yeah. like, oh, you have like a ledge here so you can't walk past here or like there's something sticking out of the wall So it's like, it's really interesting the way they did did it and made it feel totally organic. Yeah, agreed. Uh,
0: So I love that mechanic. The renting items I like for the most part, I guess. I don't know if that's exactly the best method of giving you access to every item or 90% of the items in the game right away. But I don't know what I would have done. As an alternative, I,
1: mean, I kind of like what they do in Breath of the Wild, where it's like, okay, all of the items are on this one great plateau. Yeah, and like, that's I, like all the tools you need to like beat the game. I, yeah, I don't know
0: what else he could have really done with it. So, I mean, it's, it's okay. Um, we should shout out, <clears throat> excuse me, we are going to get into the story of it a little bit, but again, I want to do that kind of near the end because I want to get into the ending and I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. We'll make sure we warn you before we spoil the ending. Um, I just wanted to say too like I you could easily convince me that this is the best looking game on the 3DS.
1: I Yeah, I would hear that argument for sure. You know, I'm I not, mean, not I, like Go ahead. I mean maybe like Ocarina of Time 3D but like I don't know it's close.
0: Yeah, I like I don't consider myself like a a 3DS historian. I don't know every game from it. But like even just looking at still images of this right now, if you've played the Link's Awakening remake, it kind of looks like that, but it's got it's just it's on it's fucking it's it's on the 3DS. It's on it's on a it's on a a vastly uh less powerful piece of hardware. And it is just such a it's got that same bright, colorful, cartoony Saturday morning cartoon vibe to it. And one thing I think they do really, really well in this game is they play with depth. And I can't use the 3D on my 3DS because I can't see it because of my vision issues. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll ask you, like, does the 3D slider really play a big effect in this game or is it just kind of there? I don't know.
1: Uh, You know what? I usually, like, okay, I, like, this may, I mean, this may be an unpopular opinion. I don't really like the 3D on the 3DS. I usually turn it off because it usually gives me a headache. Okay. All right, well, then there. So, so, so. I usually just play it like, okay, it's going to be, like, because it, it still looks great just as it is.
0: Yeah, like I, I, I can't tell you what it looks like with the three D on because I don't, I can't use it. But I think it looks great in two D. I think they do a really, really good job of playing with the different uh, depth of levels. Like you can see the level underneath you, but it's not like. And again, I, I, I'm, I know I keep going back to comparing it to Link to the Past. It's impossible not to. But like. In the original games, you couldn't see specifically what was under you a lot of the time. You just knew there was land down there. Whereas in this one, like, it's so fluent. what's above and below you. There's a lot of going up and down levels, but there's no transition screen. Like, it's really smooth. This game does,
1: like, this game makes, like, a good, like... Again, didn't know much about, like, the 3D, like, effect. But it does make good use of all three dimensions. Like, you go up, you go down. Like, there are parts where, like, oh, you're in a giant room and you have to, like find a way down with these like elevators that are like going back and forth that you have to jump on
0: yeah or use like your various rods like this i love the sand rod and the way it brings the big pillars of sand up from the, the dirt underneath you and you can run across them and stuff i think oh, that's it's such really a cool, cool item and and again it just cannot be understated uh especially if you have nostalgic ties to link to the past to see that exact world in these bright, new, colorful graphics, this new art style. Some of the enemies are the same. Like, statues are the same designs in the same places. There's holes in the wall in the same places where you can walk through to drop down to lower places. Like, there's Link's house with the three rocks outside and everything. Uh, just that alone makes it worth the purchase to me. Like, if you are if you grew up a Link to the Past fan, just to see it. Like, I would have bought it. Even if the game sucked, I probably would have given it a passing grade just because I got to see this game I love so much or this overworld that I love so much done up in a new way. Uh, But the fact that they uh, really went over the top with it and brought in all the same enemies and put stuff in the same locations and things like that. And then again, the fact that you have high rule and low rule to explore. And I think low rule is, again, the name sucks, but I think the world is so much fuller and more interesting to look at than uh, the dark side and Link to the Past was.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I frankly hate uh, the dark side and
0: Link to the Past. I fucking don't like it at all. Whereas in this game, it's I mean, like awesome.
1: it's an like it's an interesting way to like remix that same world, and I'm impressed that they were able to do that on the Super Nintendo hardware. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that leads to my question, like. Do you think that they're going to do this with more Zelda games? Like is there a potential Ocarina of Time sequel in the same fashion? Do you think that they could do?
0: I think they could, but I don't know if they will. I want if I could pick anyone, I want uh Oracle of Seasons and Ages, but I would be fine with them just remaking those like they did Link's Awakening. But yes. I, I mean, like they're making a Breath of the Wild 2, Obviously, I think. A,
1: a I case mean, you, yeah, like maybe, maybe you didn't like, know that.
0: If you didn't know, they are like not you, but the listeners. If you guys didn't know, they are making a Breath of the Wild 2. I don't know if anybody. I'm kidding. And
1: Everybody using the same map, but it looks like like they're doing it kind of like this, where they're remixing the map in interesting ways.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Would you want an Ocarina? I mean, like, cause you, I, I have been notoriously hard on Ocarina of Tim. I'm not the world's biggest fan of that game. Would you want to like something like this?
1: You know what I'd want, and you know what would be smart of them to do to launch whatever the next console would be is like do like a Final Fantasy VII remake of like. Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Like if they did that, that would sell fucking units.
0: You want to know something and I've said this before, if I could see one of those old games remade into like a big bright bomb fantasy 7 remake style one, it would be Majora's Mask. Cuz I really want to like that game and I fucking despise it with every ounce of my being, but it's not about the concept. I think the concept of that game is phenomenal. I just hate the way that those two games play to begin with and I find Majora's Mask to be a cluttered mess. And don't yell at me. I've I've voiced my opinion on that game many times. But if they remade it from the ground up, like a Final Fantasy VII remake, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. I'd be like, "Fucking rights! I can finally play this." So like, I, yeah, Call I would love to that see you something. You would like, like that. it, yeah, yeah. I would love to see something like that. I like I I, I mean like Zelda such a big franchise for them, and I know they keep reinventing the wheel and at the same time staying true to the formula. And it's tough because like. And we're going to get into the story in a minute and we'll kind of start wrapping this thing down. Breath of the Wild was fascinating because I see a lot of comments from listeners and a lot of people like love Breath of the Wild. I know you love Breath of the Wild, but I get a lot of comments from people that didn't like it too and thought it got too far away from the formula. And the broken weapons were annoying and it was a boring empty world. And I can see it kind of because I found the weapons breaking annoying as fuck too. So I can see where they're coming from with that. But the, it's got to be tough because if they don't, it's like Pokemon when they don't change the formula. Some people are like, fuck yeah, it's more of the same. I love it. Some people are like, dude, something different. We're bored of this. Then when they change the formula, then some people are like, dude, what the fuck? You broke it now. Go back to what works. And other people want it the same. You can't have both worlds. And that's where I think the genius of Link Between Worlds pun unintended is is they did kind of link those two worlds because they they stuck to the formula in the sense of like here's a world you know and you need to get three things then the master sword then seven things then fight a boss and get the triforce but they're like we changed it up a little bit and we tried a couple of new things and that must be a scary like it's one thing when it's an indie game or it's a little game or it's a new franchise and it's something people don't care about zelda is inarguably a top 5 all-time video game franchise as far as oh, like as far 100%. as like, like notoriety and fan base and stuff goes and it must be incredibly intimidating for them to change it up but i think i could listen to an argument that they changed the formula too far with breath of the wild it's obviously a matter of opinion and a matter of personal preference and everything i truly think link between worlds was the perfect balance between something new and something old mixed together it is that link i i, I really I'm I'm just gonna be repeating myself, but like I truly feel that way. They really nailed both both sides of the coin in this game. Um,
1: I, I I completely I completely agree. And I haven't really thought about it like because I have seen like because I do follow the Zelda fan base, and there are a lot of people that feel like kind of betrayed by Breath of the Wild. Like people say, like, this isn't a Zelda game when it's like for me, it's like this is the most Zelda game that's ever been made. So it's kind of cool to see, like, oh yeah, this is like the one area where all of us can 100% agree, like, oh yeah, no, this is how you do a sequel to a beloved game, yeah, and still make it interesting.
0: Yeah, it's um, dude, I think it was you that taught me this. What's it called, the Venn diagram when the circles overlap?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And it's like it, it. I really feel like this game is like old with new, uh, kind of like, and that's it. Found that perfect middle spot. It, it really did. And I again, I'm a homer for Link to the Past, which certainly adds to my admiration of this game. But I really do think this is just a great game. They did a great job. It's easily my favorite 3DS game. Uh, Fire Emblem Awakening would probably be number two. But I really, really like this game. I do want to talk about the story and some of the characters. Before we do that, and we're not spoiling anything yet, don't worry. I'll make sure I warn you before we spoil, spoil. Uh... Is there anything else that you like from the game itself that you want to bring up before we get into the characters? You've played this more recently than I have. I, I really want to play Um, it again. Now the last 50 minutes, people always message me and say how like, Oh, the podcast makes me want to revisit games. This recording. This has made me be like, I got to fucking play this game again.
1: The one thing I really do like is that like, again, they kind of changed things where, uh, they kind of changed things up where it's like, okay, yeah, the ice temple used to be here now it's here now you go to where the ice temple used to be and now it's a fire dungeon yeah
0: yeah i agree like little really things
1: cool. like that made you go like oh okay like they defied your expectation like they knew what your expectation was and they used that against you
0: yeah agreed agreed uh yeah that's a great fucking point actually because you're like oh i want to go see it. like oh i wonder what that dungeon looks like here and you're like what the fuck it's not here anymore it's Exactly, it's like going back to your old neighborhood and you're like oh man the mcdonald's isn't here anymore except mcdonald's never move because they're mcdonald's um <laughs> ah man any i love mcdonald's okay so we are gonna get into the story we're not spoiling anything yet because i think mark and i you, you and i agreed before we started recording there's kind of two twists i guess two big things that happen right at the end and those are the two things that i want to make sure we warn people before we talk about um, yeah, but obviously link is around there's yuga who's like the new villain who
1: yuga is okay uh um, yuga's got like a sick theme song though agree. like Dude. with like a whole choir behind it and it's, it's so cool yeah
0: i'm notoriously bad for not listening to music in my handheld games because i often play them same as my switch even i play them on the couch while i'm watching tv with shay and i don't want you know she doesn't want to listen to my game uh Zelda almost always has great soundtracks this game's got a fucking banger of a soundtrack
1: and uh Yuga yeah well, kind of like it remixes the old soundtrack while like also including a bunch of new stuff
0: yeah agreed um so Yuga is awesome and Yuga's got the ability to make people into paintings and blah 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 blah, blah. that princess Zelda that useless fucking piece of shit that she is she's around again fucking giving you shit and saying, go save us all again, please. She's fucking useless. Um, I fucking, I hate Zelda. I fucking don't like Zelda other than Sheik, When she, when Zelda becomes chic, I'm like, finally, you're pulling your weight. Thank you for fucking doing something. <laughs>
1: But anyway. I would love to see them make a Zelda game where Zelda is more of a character. Me too. Like, I think that there were some good steps made in Breath of the Wild, but she still is a princess in a castle that needs saving. Yeah. And I would love to see, like, because again, like, Ocarina of Time, that's like a, what, 25-year-old game? Yeah. She was a good character in that game. Yeah. I would love to see another Zelda game where Zelda was an actual character I, and not just the thing that you have to achieve at the end of the game.
0: Now, let me ask you this. Assuming they don't, like, did you ever play Spider-Man on the PS4?
1: I love that game. Yeah,
0: Spider-Man is awesome, but I think most people can agree that the Mary Jane missions fucking suck.
1: Like the stealth I mean, Mary yeah, Jane they're kind, of yeah. like, they're kind of annoying. Yeah. They're kind of annoying and same with the Miles Morales missions Until Miles Morales gets his own game.
0: Right, like, I hate that kind of stuff. But, like, I would love to see a Zelda game. And maybe they'll do this with Breath of the Wild, too. I don't know. I would love a Zelda game where you actually get to play as Zelda for part of the game. But don't make her the fucking useless damsel in distress. She's just sneaking around behind the guards. Like, we know that there's, like, there's Sheik, right? We know there are some Zeldas that are badasses. Give us a badass Zelda and let us play with her for part of the game. And let her fuck people up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I
1: thing we've seen since then is like the zelda and twilight princess that like sacrifices herself and then like comes back at the end as like a demon pop. oh no you know what the best zelda that there is it's fucking tetra in wind waker sure i agree well wind waker just, she's, she's a, like she's like she's not again like just so like yeah near the end she's kind of like a thing she kind of gets locked into like a castle again and whatever. But like for the most of the game, she's just this badass pirate queen going around stealing shit.
0: But it's just, you know how like there's some Zelda games where like you do something in one world and then it affects what you did in the other world type thing. And you need to do it to like beat levels and stuff like that. I would love one where like maybe Zelda is one of you is trapped in one world and one of you is in the other. And you can switch between, but like they play differently, but they both are playable. Like, it's not like Link's got a sword and a shield and a bow and arrow and bombs and all these things and he'll fuck everybody up. But then you can flip over to Zelda in the dark world and she can read scripts you know what I mean? Like I want to be able to flip over to Zelda and it's like chic Zelda and she can fuck people up and do things to help out the guy on the other world. I just, I don't well, know. We're Zelda getting off topic, but of these, I would love to see something like that. Like a real playable Zelda. Zelda, game,
1: Zelda has all of these fucking Triforce powers and I'm like, no, can we like, I want more of that. Let us play, let, let us use that or at the very like, let us see that more. Yeah.
0: Give her like, ma- like if she don't want to make her into a ninja, then give her some magic powers or something like, yeah, do something anyway. We're getting off topic. I just, I I despise, I just like, it's like Princess Peach. Like, why does she always have to be useless? Like, make her useful sometimes. Like, they're fucking cool characters. Um, What I like about this game is that when you go to low rule, there's like, it's not evil Zelda. It's just like dark, low Zelda, low rule Zelda with Princess Hilda. Hilda. Which, I think Hilda's a fucking weird, I don't know what I would have called her. But I guess that works. Um, But I like the idea that it's, it, this is like, you find out and again I, I guess these are minor spoilers, but we're not getting any of the big story spoilers yet. You go to low rule and it, it it is literally like a different world. It's not like your world um in the future or in the past or anything. It's it's literally like a different world. And they also have a Zelda. Um, but she's like, dude, this world fucking sucks. Like we <laughs> we, we we
1: fucked up. And uh, I think that's really cool. I, I think that's... Uh, and she kind of guides you throughout the game and it kind of is like... Like, even when you first get to the Dark World and, like, you're found and like, by that, like, blacksmith and they're like, okay, you're good. Now get the fuck out. And yeah. then Hilda's just like, just so you know, uh, this is not a friendly place.
0: Yeah. And that's... And, like, remember earlier when we were talking about how what one of the cool things about this game is you go to Low Rule and you talk to the same people... But they're different. They're different versions of themselves. I like that they went that far with Zelda. Like that there is a different Zelda here. And like she kind of looks like Zelda. But she's got the brown hair instead of the blonde hair. And she's just a lot more like. (laughs) This is. You're not in fucking Kansas anymore. Like this fucking sucks. Um. Is that the saying? Is that what it was? You're not in Kansas? Is that what it was? Yeah, we're yeah. not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that movie since I was a little kid. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to catch shit if everyone's like, no, dumbass, it was Missouri that they were from. Do you
1: think that there's any, like, hardcore Wizard of Oz fans listening right now Oh, would be mad Dude, I get called out like on misquated? everything. I get
0: called out on everything. <laughs> I fucking... And I mislike it. Uh, shout out to anyone that gets that because that's going to become a part of the show now. Anyway, you'll find out more about that in a couple weeks. So I really like that idea. Um... I like the idea that you go to low rule and it is just an evil, it's, 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 it's okay. You know what? I'm just going to put the warning out there right now. If you don't want spoilers, but you still want to hear the score at the end of the game and everything, skip ahead five minutes. All right, Mark, I'm putting the timer on. We have five minutes to do all of this. Okay. Five minutes to talk about the spoilers. Okay. Five minutes as of now. Okay, so I like when you go to the evil world and then it finds out that like they they had a Triforce too, but they destroyed theirs. And then you find out like, oh, destroying it fucked up everything. Whereas at least in Hyrule, they just locked it away. Um, and then I like that at the end of the end, and, and I'm going to give you the mic in a second, but I love the fact that like, eventually you find out that a Hilda has been playing you not with evil intentions, but she's like, if I can get the, the Triforce that didn't get destroyed in Hyrule, I can use it to restore low rule. I thought that was such a great fucking twist that at the end of the game, you find out that's all she was after was the Triforce so that she could use it to fix the mistake they made. Am I wrong? I think that's what it is.
1: Well, and it fits so much into the theme of the game. Whereas because like everything, because again, like everything is opposite. That is the opposite of what Zelda would have done.
0: Yeah. But it's not, like, I don't look at, like, do you consider her a bad guy? Because I don't. I think she's just desperate to save her kingdom, and that's the only option
1: she has. I think, yeah, and I think that, like, I think that that's a bit of a gray area. And that's so interesting, because so seldomly do we see Zelda villains where there's a gray area. Yeah. I mean, Ganon in Wind Waker there's a little bit of a gray area there. And I was like, ooh, maybe more of that. And then they never did a in. Ever since then, it's been like, get it, it's just the evil guy, or Demise is evil, or even in, like, Breath of the Wild, there's, like, zero shades of gray to that. It's just an evil force looking to destroy everything. And I want some fucking character in my villain. Me too, if man. If you get a little bit of that with, like, Gereham in, like, skyward sword but like even then not really
0: and you can argue that like most nintendo franchises are bad for this zelda mario pokemon etc and like listen i don't play mario or donkey kong for like a fucking final fantasy you know 10 level story or whatever game you want to insert but like give me something and my favorite villains my favorite villains are those ones that are that they're that that middle ground where you're like they're doing bad things but with good intentions like that's my and then it's up to you and I love that. And that's why I think Hilda instantly becomes one of the coolest characters, frankly, in the history of the Zelda franchise, because right, like,
1: so how much time, do, how much time do we have left here? About two and a half minutes. Okay. So we've got to talk about the other twist. Then. Yes.
0: So the other twist is that the guy that's been selling you items the whole game, Ravio is low rules link. What? I, and like, did you see it coming? Cause I didn't.
1: I did a hundred percent in had no idea. And you know what? The interesting thing about it is he's dressed as like, he had like a rabbit hood this yes! whole game, right? Yes. And you know what? Just like how you turned into a rabbit in the dark world in the original game.
0: Yeah. I was like, what? I didn't even catch that till after I finished the game and I was reading like the discussions about it. And I'm like, Holy shit. You're right. It is like dark world link where he's the rabbit. Um, I just like the it's idea never, that like, you're dealing never, with yourself. It
1: never occurred to me.
0: Oh, Dude, I did not see that twist coming at all. And when it hit, I'm like, that's the single greatest twist in the history of this franchise. I don't care what anybody says. I think that and Hilda take this game from like really good to borderline masterpiece. I just like, yeah, I'm like, Ganon uh, is almost bad. Ganon is just kind of fodder. Like he's just there.
1: Yeah, well, you know? because Yuga fuses with Ganon, and then that's the final boss fight, and it's like, okay, so we kind of have Ganon in this game, but it's more about, like, this new Yuga villain, who, again, good villain, but, like, essentially just becomes Ganon, like, it just, it did the same thing that Twilight Princess did, where it's like, ooh, we're gonna set up this new villain, and then, haha, it's Ganon after all.
0: Yeah, Oh, just as we wrap up the spoiler section, I think we started it around 58.30 and now we're at 102.30. So I think we got about 45 seconds left. So I'm not actually going to okay. repeat any of the spoilers now just in case I mistimed that. But let me just say, those two twists at the end of the game, like to find out those two things that kind of start to wrap up the end of the game, um, I thought were both... F- I was like, holy fuck, that, is, that might be the single best storytelling Nintendo's ever done. I, like, it was 100%. that good that good oh
1: fucking outstanding 100% and, I like uh, and I would love to see more storytelling of that caliber in a Zelda game
0: oh god me too I don't even know what I would do if they fucking ever put a Mario twist in like that and I was because like Mario's never I love Mario everybody knows that but those games have never had a story to save their fucking lives and like what I, mean, like, I would to give for Mario one games
1: usually have a pretty decent story yeah
0: but those are those are I don't consider those core Mario games the Paper Mario yeah, ones. Yeah, it's fair. I just like, God, what I wouldn't give for one fucking story in a Mario game as good as this one. And you don't because see it Aaron coming Reed, until like, the end. Fuck yeah.
1: Even in Odyssey, even in Odyssey, they just kind of were like, okay, you like, they start with like, Bowser kidnapping the princess, like mid-abduction, where they're like, you know what happens. We yeah. don't have to tell you what happens. You know exactly what happens. And you know how this is
0: gonna end. Ugh. What a great fucking video! I know that we're gonna sign this podcast off, and then I'm gonna be like, "Oh, I forgot to bring up this. I haven't played this in like eight years." I know you said you played it uh, not long ago, but um, we've been going for over an hour, and I'm I'm good. I I wasn't even sure if we should do a 3ds game. I'm like, is that really old enough? But like, and I'm not going to do them every week, but we're going to slow this every once in a while. Toss one in there. And I'm
1: we'll trickle them in.
0: Yeah, buddy. I fucking I'm so excited. I got to I have to go out and run some errands today and I might buy a copy of this game today because I'm like, I got to play this again. I forgot how much I adore this fucking video game. Oh,
1: you can find a copy of it for 100 percent. Sure. Do it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think you can still get it off the eShop, too um Uh,
1: yeah like for now i think eShop's gonna be closed soon
0: oh yeah i'll be buying it soon uh i would argue yeah top it's probably a top listen like i know people have been asking me for an expansion pass where i rank the zelda games i can't do that yet because there's still a few that i haven't played but i feel quite confident saying that this is top three for me like i love this fucking game
1: oh that's a that's a that's big
0: well like link to the past will always be number one for me uh, and then the top like my top five are some combination of Link to the Past, uh, Wind Waker, this game, Breath of the Wild, and
1: Link's Awakening.
0: It'd be some combination of those five.
1: Yeah, um, that's fair. I just that was per- a good like, you know, I like I think them mine like Wind Waker would be up there as well too.
0: Wind Waker's so fucking good.
1: Ah, Wind, Waker's Wind Waker's so good. is, like it's extreme, like such an underrated game. Like, and it it does like and it's another Zelda game that has a good story.
0: Yeah, it does. And I still think it's the best-looking Zelda game ever made. I that yeah, art style absolutely. fucking melts my butter, man. Holy fuck, how are we going to score this fucking thing? Um I don't know. Uh I mean, it's fucking cliché, but I mean there's seven you need to find seven people yeah, let's just do sure. like that. That's easy. All right. So a score it out of seven. Uh, Mark McHugh, if you were to score The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds, out of seven. And you know what's cool about reviewing a more modern game like this is it's not one of those ones where you have to throw in the caveat of like, well, if it was back in the day, it's this. But by today's standards, it's this. I feel like this one is just like without – I mean – it's not of stretch or anything, but like this is absolutely as playable right now as it was eight years ago when it came out. Like this is oh, a hundred percent. So, what would you score? Link between worlds out of seven?
1: Six and a half out of seven. I take away half a point because like the difficulty didn't scale, but that's really the only beef I have with this game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm at that like six point nine. Like it's it's got the Super Mario World tax because it's not Super Mario World. But, like, I, I have very, very few, of any, qualms with this game. My, own, You know what? Here's a final question for you before we start wrapping this up. Do we ever see this game re-released anywhere? I want it to be. Like, I want to play this game on a TV. Me too. The problem with the fucking 3DS is just you can't just right-click, save as a fucking 3DS game as, like, a Switch game. And it's not about the 3D. It's about those fucking two screens. And I just like, yeah. it, it just like, I'm like, don't, there's some great 3DS games and I don't want to see them trapped forever on the 3DS. Like find a way
1: yeah. to put them or on like the Switch. like Pokemon X and Y. Like, I would love to see that on a TV or. Like, could they split this? this? Or like fucking Luigi's Mansion 2 or.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, Fire Emblem Awakening, Super Mario 3D Land. Like there's just, I really hope. I don't know how easy it is to translate these games onto another console. And I don't imagine that Nintendo ever goes back to the two screen, like clamshell design, like with the new switch or whatever the second switch ends up being. But like, I would really be a shame to see these games trapped on the fucking switch, the 3ds forever. Cause mm-hmm. 3ds is a great system, but like people but, have like, moved yeah, on. Like-
1: you know? again, people. Yeah, people move on and, like, it's hard. Like, the hardware doesn't last forever. For now, my 3DS works just fine. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I can play this for the foreseeable future. But, like, yeah, 10 years from now, I'm going to still want to be playing these games.
0: Yeah, I'd pay 50 bucks for this game, just a port of it on the Switch that worked. I'd pay 50 bucks. I
1: wouldn't even think twice about it.
0: No question. 100%. Um, All right, buddy. Well, okay, so that covers Link Between Worlds. I think we're done talking about this game for now until eventually, like, remember the game number you know, 1500 when we're revisiting the games from the 1990 uh, stretch. Um, listen, there's been a goddamn campaign on my social media over the last couple of weeks to try to get you back into our hall of fame, which by the way, you're all wasting your ink and time and internet. Cause it's not happening. Mark is not getting back into my goddamn hall of fame.
1: But, Somebody um, actually, as a kid, like, got like, a real petition with like real ink oh, on Oh, yeah.
0: It. Yeah, McGee's fucking going hard. And a lot of people are like, Mark needs to be back in the Hall of Fame. And I'm telling you all right now, it's not fucking happening. Out on my goddamn watch. Um, but, Mark, <laughs> you have fans out there. The people are on your – some of them are on your side. There's just as many vocal people saying, like, no, he's a crumb bum. He should never be allowed back in the Hall of Fame. But uh, the floor is yours. I know you got something big in your no. neck of the woods going on.
1: So this is going to be released on Wednesday. If you are one of those people that's like Mark needs to be back in the Hall of Fame and you want to find a way to support me, my debut album, my first comedy album drops today on Bandcamp. It's called Mark McHugh, Son of a Drama Teacher from Billy James Records. Give it a listen. It's like it's not going to take up your whole day. It's half hour. Beautiful. That's a sweet spot for an album, half an hour.
0: Um, yeah, and if you're if you're listening to this, check the description of this podcast, and you'll find all the information there. Assuming that Mark remembers to send it to me before this episode goes live, I'll make sure to put it in there. Um, and listen, I I don't think I'll talk to you again before episode 200, Mark. Uh, so let me just say first of all, congrats on your comedy album. That's a big fucking deal, man. Good for you. Um, Thank and I've you. and I've worked with Mark many times. He's he's really funny. So check out his stand up. And uh, second of all, buddy, let me just say. Uh, there's not a person, I I don't mean to, I I love all of my guests, uh, that come on the show and I'm so grateful for all of your help, but I think you're the clubhouse leader for the number of episodes you've done over the last four years. And I don't know if the show would have grown like it has without all of your, uh, tireless efforts of sitting here talking about old video games with me. So let me just say, man, thank you so much for all the time you put into remembering me. It's
1: been awesome to be a part of that.
0: I appreciate it, buddy. And uh, yeah, again, check the description for Mark's album. And now I'm going to fade out and then do the outro where I thank everybody for listening and stuff. But Mark, thank you for doing this, buddy. Thanks for having me. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Mark, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking a Link Between Worlds. And once again, everybody, Mark McHugh's debut stand-up comedy album drops today, Wednesday, May 18th. You can find it over on Bandcamp. It is called Son of a Drama Teacher. You can find all the information in the description to this podcast. If you want to show old Mark McHugh some love, go check it out. And if you want to show me some love, if you're like, man, this podcast is really just not That awful. Uh, Maybe consider leaving us a nice review on the podcast service of your choice. I see the nice reviews. They make me feel good and warm and fuzzy inside. And if you're like, this guy sounds like he needs a sandwich or something. Yeah, I do. So consider throwing a couple of bucks of your money at us over on Patreon. It starts at just $2 a month. It helps me keep the lights on. And you get two additional shows every week. Plus, instant access to about 200 archived episodes. Plus, you can join our Discord. You get a shout-out, a whole bunch of stuff. And 5% of all of our Patreon pledges every month are going to be donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital in December as part of my 24-hour charity stream, patreon.com slash rememberthegame. We're creeping up on 1,000 patrons, which is fucking insanity so thank you all so much for the love over there i have a p.o box if you want to send me a postcard or a letter or something just let me know where you're listening i'll send you one back and we'll be friends you can find the address at remember the it is p.o box 69181 edmonton alberta canada t6v1g7 and finally if you want to check me out over on the old twitch box you can do that I stream most Tuesday nights and then once or twice a week whenever I can find time to hop online between the podcast and the comedy and the vibe. Uh, sometimes I build Lego. Sometimes I play video games. Sometimes I just sit and chat and argue with the audience. It's lots of fun. Twitch.tv slash member the game. Not remember the game. Member the game I'll never beg you for a sub or anything I just want to hang out with you and be fucking friends alright uh, for all of you that are supporters of us on Patreon I'll be back tomorrow with expansion pass number 111 my official ranking of all the Simpsons video games that I've played which is most of them I'll be back on Friday with game patch 90.0 talking about all the biggest news in gaming and I'll be back next week with remember the game number 199 which I'm hoping is finally the castle of illusion starring Mickey Mouse episode and a whole delicious juicy nether other smorgasbord podcast because i That's all I do with my life now. I'm going to thank some Patreons and get out of here. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I'll talk to you on the next one. Don't forget to check out Barbecue's Comedy Album. See you later. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not churn out all the content I puke up every week without all of your support. The following people are subscribed at the Senior Executive... No, I'm not starting this over. We're gonna keep it. The following people are subscribed at the senior executive vice president level or higher at patreon.com slash remember the game. Fucking nailed it. And I'd like to take take uh, fuck. Alright, here's their names. I was gonna say and I'd like to take a moment to thank them all personally, but I fucked it up twice. So here's all their names. Makeshift, Mallow Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA gaming, slick rick, Doug Dorn. Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, the Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Nathan Tremblay, A Town, Morgan Zane, Donovan Ryan, Kinchen, Mike Maloney, Very Cool Dude, G9PSX, Raging Demon, Wolfgang, Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Copland, Doogie, Wolf 21 Johnny Ccdc, Joe LeBlanc, Squints. Titan 420, Zonko 504, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad, Misi, Daniel, Tunable Power, Tom Danks, Don, John Woodruff, Just A Fish, Noob Q, Super Dad Bros Podcast, and Zalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Balsack, T-Bagger, Chris Dicken, Untukar, Matthew D'Amico, Frosty Feet 492, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Docabai, Ray Sand, Wontongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Phil McCracken, Trav H. Mizuru, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, Jake Carter, C Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Munch Makucci, Leroy Westridge, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D printed sawstrich, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Boston Pork Sword, DB Cooper, J- or Gust of Wind, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Solid Rake, Brant Hewitt, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon Row, Tyler Nightmare, Dixon Sider, Benjamin Swiller, Creature Club, Pet My Peeve Podcast, Tristan Teen the Great, Hagel Waffle, Esteban Navarro, K-A-A-T-C-H, (laughs) I like saying that one. Jim, Josh Stone, Chris Williams, Evil Skywalker, Nicole Novak, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Salty by Design, Jason Workman, Them Boys on the Roof, Oh What the Fuck, LOL, Matt Hamilton, James Black, Sam Carpenter, Nerdy Hybrid, Tug Jones, Adam Fletcher, Colin Bollinger, Justified01, and Lucas Charleston. Thank you so much for the support, everybody. Purple Monkey Dishwasher.
1: future day in present.